Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I know we're, we're a little bit packed. There's a lot of people in the outside. Let's see if we can get them inside and get them over here to this side of the wall. Come on. Press them in. Press in. I believe God has a word for you. Press in. You can hear it in the hallway, but I'd rather see you. Come on. Pray, pray with me one more. Pray with me one more time. Father, we just thank you for your word, which is powerful, Lord God. We thank you for your presence among us. We thank you, God, for, for being with us. We thank you for the grace to endure, the grace to learn patience, the grace, Lord God, to, to, to persevere, the grace to stand even. Father, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. All right. You know those, you know those videos that you guys like to post or people like to put up on Facebook and uh, and YouTube and the title, they what they write under it is wait for it. You know what I'm talking about? It could be something silly of a video, but, but it says, wait for it, wait for it. That means something's going to happen. Something's about to, to jump off in this video. Wait for it, wait for it. Can, can I confess to you? I don't have the patience to wait for this. <laughs> if I can't fast forward, I just scroll. I don't, I don't want to wait for it. Amen? Anybody have a problem with waiting? Good, I'm in the right place today. Amen. I was hoping it wasn't just me. I was looking at definitions of you know waiting and patience, and I, I came across this patience. The word patience means the willingness to stay where we are and live the situation out to the full in the belief that something hidden there will manifest itself to us. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a fan of waiting either. Waiting is hard. Psalm 25 says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, in you I trust. Let, not, let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Come on, receive that. None that wait for you will be put to shame. Isaiah 40, 31. Many t-shirts and bumper stickers with this thing. <laughs> but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. How many of you know that scripture? Did you ever take note in that scripture that those that wait upon the Lord, first they fly... Then they run without tiring, and then they walk. Did you ever catch that? I read somewhere, the, the man of faith must sometimes soar on eagle's wings or run without wearying, but most of the time he will merely walk. And the real test of faith comes 
moves, not when he flies or not when he runs, but when he must walk alone. It is in the monotony of everyday life that the man of faith reveals his true character. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, that wasn't fun for me either. <laughs> Waiting is, is one of the hardest things. It's one of the toughest things we deal with on a regular basis. We wait at a light. Those joints are like nine minutes. We wait at a restaurant. Traffic. Oh, don't be in the car with my wife in traffic. She hates traffic. When we start to wait in traffic, you'll see my, she's not, I'm doing driving, but my wife will be on the side going, she wants me to go around. Right. Does not like, I can just chill there for a minute. For some reason, traffic doesn't make me crazy. She does not like traffic. She wanna, it's all right if we're driving another 30 minutes as long as we're driving and get there at the same time. I'll give you another uh, uh, insight into me. If you ever see me like a Target or someplace and you see me on the line, don't pick that line. I always pick the wrong line. Always. Never fails. I'm the line all the time that they need a price check, they need to go, that the lady says, no, I don't care, it was nine cents cheaper and I'm not paying them nine cents more. And so they got to send four employees to find that same ugly sweater that was on the floor someplace and they got to find one with a tag to bring. I, I picked that one. We wait, we wait for trains, we wait for buses, we wait at, for, the, uh, for the time at work to go home, we wait at home for the time at work to get paid. We can't wait for vacation. In our spiritual lives, sometimes we wait for breakthrough. Sometimes we wait in our sickness for healing. We wait for in our burdens for deliverance. We wait for a word. We wait for an answer. We wait for direction. We wait for instruction. Yet as much as we hate the word waiting, God seems to say wait a lot. I'm with the right crowd today. I can, I can tell. I can tell. I came to the right church today. As much as we hate that word, he seems to be on his favorite list. Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Mm. James 1, 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. The word tells us over and over again that God calls us to wait, that in our waiting, he's calling us to be steady, to be steadfast, to be faithful, to be hopeful. Ultimately, God is saying, wait for it. Wait for it. Amen. Wait for it. I know, I know it doesn't look like nothing's going to happen, but wait for it. Trust me. God is saying, trust me. Whatever it is you're waiting for, trust me to get it to you. Trust me to know better what's best for you. Trust me to get you through it. Trust me to know better what you need. Trust me because in your waiting, I'm working. Yeah. 
Maybe we could look at waiting a different way now and say, God, in this waiting, that's where you work. Maybe it'll help us be a little more, I don't know. God's still working with me, amen? Let me tell you something, because I hear, I've heard this a lot through this season. Let me tell you something the word doesn't say, because I hear a lot of people say this, Christians. I hear well-meaning, God-loving, good-intentioned people say all the time to comfort other people. They say, don't worry, God will never give you more than you can bear. You guys, amen, like it was scripture. But you know that's not scripture. Uh-oh. I just messed up some of your game. Did you know that's not in the word? Did you know God never said that? But we say it like it's gospel. Jesus is coming and God will never give you more than you can bear. It's, it's, yeah, Hallmark wrote it. It's based on the scripture from Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 10. But what Paul is referring to is the temptation to sin. And because the word that's used for temptation can also be used for trial, people kind of have manipulated that scripture. And, but what he's saying is that God won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Big difference. Let me give you this teaching moment here. God, God is saying when you're tempted to sin, there's always a way out. Wow, that's good though. Give amen. But that's not, God will not give you more. Never give you more than you can bear. Amen. Let's reflect on that. Because believing that and telling people that is actually the opposite of what the Bible teaches. It's, it's putting the focus. If, if you're saying God will not give you more than you can bear, that's putting the focus and the strength on you. That's saying you're strong enough to overcome. That's, that's putting the focus on you. God will, right? And, and so and, 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 and instead of bringing you to dependence on God, on the God that says, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. So that you can come to rest in him. So when, when things get overwhelming, wait for it. When things get hard, wait for it. When there's no answers, wait for it. Man, from the beginning, has had a problem with wait. And we allowed a man echoing through the crowd. <laughs> it's Palm Sunday. On this day, centuries ago, God, he and a man to walk over on roads of dirt, dust, khaki. <laughs> Department of Sanitation, there wasn't there was camels and horses and donkeys, and they go on the ground. So to take off your one cloak, maybe, maybe you had a spare cloak for weddings. But at that time, you, you and to take off your covering and to lay it down on the floor, and then and then after you've done that, this you you know it's not even enough to lay that down, and so you cut branches, and so you lay out these branches, these palms, so that the man of God, so that the Son of Man would not walk on the ground, but so that he would have something to such a powerful. Imagine laying your covering down leaves you exposed. In that time, there was undergarments. They didn't have DVDs for the looms, Calvin Klein's. There was undergarments and then over covering. And so to take off your cloak, 
to take off your outer garment leaves you kind of exposed. It leaves you, you it's like being, it's like if you took off your clothes and stayed in your underwear. You know, that would be like the equivalent of that time to us today. So, so it's, it's leaving you uncovered. It's, it's leaving you vulnerable. It's an act of surrender. By, by removing your covering and placing it before the king, you're saying, you're my covering. It's a beautiful picture, except that we know the story. We know the end. Some of those same people that, that were exposed, that said, you're my covering, that said, God, I worship you, that said, God, you are God, you are Hosanna. Some of those same people later on were shouting, crucify him. And choosing a murderer over him, choosing a thief over him, the innocent one. They should have known something was wrong by the way Jesus came in. They should have known something was different, something was off. When a king in those times made a triumphant entry into, into a city, the, 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 the road, they, they rode in on the biggest, strongest, widest horse. They towered. You know, you ever been on a horse and try to talk to somebody on a horse? I mean, they're they towering over the people. They're looking down at the people. Jesus came on a, on a donkey, the cult of a donkey. That means it was like a baby donkey. It was like the babiest donkey. <laughs> so he wasn't looking down at anybody, judging. He didn't come with that. He was eye to eye, looking compassionately on the faces of the people. And so they should have known something was off. That's not how a king rides in. The leaders were not impressed either. They knew this wasn't right either. They, and they told them, they, they told Jesus, you better tell these people to stop calling you that. They were saying, Hosanna to the king of kings. To the, they said, you better tell, tell, tell your disciples to stop saying that. And Jesus said, well, I, I would, but if I, if I do, the rocks will cry. So if I stop them, the rocks, so which would you rather? You'd rather hear them worship or would you rather hear the rocks worship, which would then be crazy, <laughs> be undeniable. At least you can say these people are crazy. But when rocks start worshiping, you ain't saying nothing. People who knew him were there. People who had been fed with the fishes and the loaves. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is the Messiah that I heard about. in one day... <laughs> and they tell these stories and one day he fed 5,000, 4,000 with, with, with a basket full of chicken nuggets or fish sticks and, and, and I was there, I ate some it was good and there was a leftover and so these people were there. That people had been people who had been healed, people who had been who people who had no legs never. And God said, "Get up and walk." And these people were there walking, saying, yes, that's him. I know him. And they brought their neighbors, and they brought their friends, and so that's him, that's the one I told you about. And, and blind Bartimaeus was there, and, and, and the lame guy was there, and, and this other woman was there, and, and, and the, 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 the one that with no eyes, no, and God touched, and the eyes appeared, and he could see he was probably there. With all of his friends, and all of his neighbors, and cousins, and you know, if it was Dominican, he got cousins and cousins and cousins. They were all there. 
people who heard that this king heals the sick, that he opens blind eyes, that he raises the dead. He had just raised Lazarus from the dead right there. And so all those people that heard that story, they were there. They're like, yeah, I'll throw my coat down for that guy. Because if he could do that, imagine what he's going to do for me. All these people were waiting for something. And he comes in, and the triumphal entry, he's coming in on this donkey. Hey man, that's not so, right? That thing is like that you walk past donkeys. It's not impressive, right? It takes longer to get someplace on a donkey. So it's not, you know, but they were saying, wait for it, wait for it. Watch, wait for it. They were saying, wait for it, wait for it. This guy's gonna, this guy's gonna do, wait for it, wait for it. But, but what happens, we see, what happens that week? Nothing happened as they were expecting. So in short, Jesus was not the king that they wanted. He wasn't what they were waiting for. And so eventually, not very long after, some of those people took up their clothes. They dusted them off. Saying that was a waste. Nothing happened. And they put their covering back on. Exchanged the covering that they submitted to God. Took his covering. And then they said, no, that's not good enough. And put their covering back on. Their submission was temporal. Their dedication was limited. Their love was conditional. Their words of praise eventually persecuted, imprisoned, and sent this Messiah to be crucified. My reflection for us today is what, what, what I've been wrestling with and what I'd like to leave you with this morning. How have we been any different? When they didn't get what they wanted, they forgot the times he healed them. When they didn't get what they wanted, they forgot the times he fed them, the times he provided for them. They forgot. You know those moments that we have as Christians that, that something happens and something, it could be the silliest thing. You know, you need a nickel and there's a nickel on the counter. You're like, oh, God, you're so silly. <laughs> you know those moments that we have? Right? Or you went to, to, to buy lunch and forgot that you left your wallet back in your jacket and then but your friend is all over there and your friend said, No, no, I got you today. You're like, God. God. Only only you knew that I he didn't know. Only you Man, you're so silly. You know those silly moments that we have with God. Does anybody here have those? Come on, come on, let's be honest. Come on. Stop being so hard and cold. Be honest. Those moments like God, it was supposed to rain today, it was supposed to be a torrential day. But God, you know, I, I planned this and I had this and I had this. But the apple said it was gonna rain, apple said it was gonna rain at one, at two, at three, at four. Here we are at four, at five, and the sun is out on my special day. And God, you, you did something beautiful, you know, those things, those little things, little things, little things. You know, people, people that, that are not, not in the church are like, that's coincidence, you know, okay, fine. But when we go from coincidence to coincidence to coincidence to coincidence, we know better, amen? But, but they forgot those times. They forgot the times when he provided. They forgot the wisdom and the authority that he spoke with. They forgot that every time that Jesus spoke, it said people were amazed at what he said. Do you know that Jesus wasn't good looking? No. The word says he was not. You know, he wasn't like this beautiful, you know, he was not like, and so, you know, when you people tell me, oh, you look, here, you look like Jesus, like, 
Do I look like the Jesus that Walina has hanging on her wall? Do you think like they took that picture of Jesus? Do you think that's really what it looks like? You think that's what I'm going for here? There was nothing outwardly about him that, but when he spoke, it said people were amazed. Why? Because he's he is the word. So, so when the word speaks, he's the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He is the word. So when he spoke, that's the word. That's why we have to gather on a Sunday to hear the word, not to hear the man, to hear the word. Because the word changes us. The word is an experience. It's not the preacher. It's the word. But sometimes they, they forgot all those things and they took up their coverings and they put them back on. And sometimes church, we're the same way. We do the exact same thing. Let's talk about the obvious issue. Our building. what I'm working feverishly for, for you to come by. Thank you. Can't wait. Hey, what, are you, what am I supposed to say to that? Can you imagine? Put yourself in my shoes. Hey, can't wait. Let us know when you're back. I wish we could move and not let you know where we anyway, No, no, that's just me in the flesh. Bad pastor. Bad pastor. Bad pastor. But I'll be the first to confess I, I know I didn't Wait. I didn't do well with this. I'm confessing to you. I did not do well. For the first two or three months, I fought with everything I had. I tried everything I could try. I pushed as hard as I can push. I was frustrated. I didn't see God's hand in it. I didn't see how God was using it. I didn't see God, you know, how it, it, it was. It, it, I read the scripture. I know the word. I know what it says, but I wrestled with it, man. It wasn't what I wanted. I was waiting for something else. And God was saying, wait for it. Wait for it. 
God was saying, wait for it. And I fight, but how long? <laughs> Some days I look back and I could almost see myself picking my clothes back off the floor. Dusting it off and acting like this is not what I signed up for. And if we're honest today, for many of you, it had nothing to do with the building. It was something else that you went through. What was the building in your life? It was another experience you had. It was some other trial, some other testing that you are or still in. And because of the experience, because of the situation, your praise has changed. You picked your covering back up. You're not as vulnerable anymore. You're not as open anymore. Because of the experiences you've had, you're not as, as free anymore. You're reserved. You got four coats on. You ain't letting nobody. Some of you got no coats on, but that's an inside joke. Because your situation changed, your praise has changed, you put your covering back up, you're not as vulnerable anymore. These, these times are hard, they're challenging. And for the first couple of months, I had the hard realization that I could not fix this. And you got to understand, I see myself as pretty powerful. Sometimes, pridefully. This is just being open, amen? Once you take your coat off, you got to be naked. You got to let everybody know the truth. I'm exposing myself so you can expose yourself. After the first couple of months, I realized I couldn't be the savior for this thing. I didn't have the solutions. I was, I wasn't, I was, I was gonna have to wait, and I was gonna have to trust God. Why is it so hard for us to trust God? Keep in mind, again, I'm sharing mine so that you can reflect on yours, and and reflect on whatever it is that you're waiting for, that thing that you're dealing with right now, that situation that you're wrestling with, that burden that's heavy on your heart. Why is it so hard to trust God now? How quickly forget everything he's already done. I want to share with you that God didn't hurt us by closing our building. He saved us. He saved us physically from a tree that could have smashed the building and killed people. How would we have recovered from that? When I look back at the pictures and I see this entire, this thousands of pounds of wood on top of this roof that covered the entire, all the skylights, the tree fell here and those skylights back there were covered. How, what, what would we have dealt with if that had smashed through and killed the parents that were waiting for the, for the children that were in children's choir? What, what, what message comes after that? How do I preach after that? What do I say after that? God saved us. Physically. But like on that first Palm Sunday, that's not the most important thing we needed. He saved us, I believe, from becoming what we left. A lot of us left other churches for a lot of different reasons. And, and I believe God saved us from becoming those things because we were on that track. Busy, 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 busy. Do everything. Busy, busy, busy. Tired. We're building healthy families. No, you're not. You're busy. You're too busy to build healthy families. You forgot the vision. You forgot the mission. You're on your own thing now. Pause. Wait for it. This time. 
time has forced us as a leadership team to refocus. And when we start back up again, we're going to be different. We're going to be intentional about everything we do. God is calling us back to why we started the church in the first place. God is giving us vision, calling us back to the vision that we have. Build healthy family. I've said it so many times and now I finally hear it for myself. Everything we go through, everything God allows us to experience, every trial, every test, every hardship for our good comes with an expiration date. I've said it a hundred times. Now I believe it. And sometimes, not always going to work this way, but sometimes right when you realize it, just when you give it to him, just when you put it in his hands, he comes through. When you lay down your covering and refuse to take it back up no matter what, you're saying, God, I'll wait for it. I'll wait for it. And sometimes, not always like this, but sometimes, not a moment too soon, and even though it doesn't feel like it to us, not a second too late. What better day to change the vacate order and allow us to open the church and have services there than the Passion Week? The week before the resurrection. It's 
beauty. Let your covering down. And so this is not going to be a traditional Palm Sunday. That's why we didn't give them to you when you came in so that you could be making crosses with them all day. <laughs> do you know that that's not a good luck charm? I know you all do it. You got the old dried up one in the car from last year, so now you go back and take it off and you make the new cross and you hang in. Do you know that's not a good luck charm? And so what I wanted to do today, I wanted this to be a touch point. We, we prayed over these palms. I confess for the first time we've never even thought to do that. And we've prayed. We're a young church, come on. We're still learning. We've prayed over these and we want it to be, um, I mean, you can still make a cross, it's okay. Don't, don't feel bad. You can make a cross, a little origami, whatever you want to do with it. But let it be a touch point. Let it be a, an illustration for you, a reminder for you. Even if you cut a little piece off and put it in your wallet or put it in your purse, let it be a reminder for you that what you're waiting for, God is going to bring it to And if God is dealing with your heart, if you got to invite you to just come to grab one, to come and stay in worship, to come and lay your covering down. You can throw your coats down at the altar if you need to, just, you know, keep it modest. But really, let God do whatever he needs to do before you rush on out of here, before we rush out. And, and, and listen, 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 next week, next week you can each bring a friend and we still have more than a friend. So use it as an opportunity and, and start speaking Spanish, start working on that because you're going to have to greet as one congregation goes out, the, the second part of the body is going to be coming in and we need to say, hey, good morning, como esta, it's good to see you, hallelujah, glory to God. One body, amen. We're gonna remain one body. It's not two churches in a building, it's one church. One body. Come on, let's worship. Come get your palm and just keep it as a, as a remembrance. Come on, let's rejoice, family.
Continue to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you at 14, 6 to 9, St. Peter's next week. Let's celebrate.